Hey everyone, welcome to the Hustle with Heart podcast. This is Erin Harrigan, the Hustle with Heart coach and your host for the podcast tailor-made for women who want to bridge faith and business to experience grace over grind, surrender over self-reliance, peace over perfection, and focus and fulfillment over frustration and FOMO. If you're wondering if it's even possible to do all that and still build a thriving business, the answer is yes. In this podcast, I'll bring you practical tips and godly insights so you can do just that. Plus, we'll have some great guests and a whole lot of fun together. If that sounds like you, you're in the right place. And if you're ready to pursue success God's way, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So it is the first Monday of the month. So you know that that means that we have a fantastic entrepreneur interview. And before we jump into my conversation with Jessica Hoddle, I first want to let you know, I know it's the beginning of October and the beginning of Q4. And if you've been procrastinating on planning out your Q4, I want to direct you to a fantastic free tool that I use to do 90-day mission planning with my rooted group coaching and my private coaching clients. And that is called the 90 day tool. So the link is down below in the show notes. I really encourage you to get over to my website and pick that up. It's a free download. It's going to walk you through five key questions to plan your next 90 days. And yes, you can use this anytime, but I like to share this and walk through this exercise with my clients at the beginning of each quarter. So it's not too late to do it. Just go get the download and work through that this week. And then would you do me a favor and just message me? Tell me how it worked out for you. I'd love to know not only how it worked out for you for planning, but I'd love to hear at the end of the 90 days how taking time to plan at the beginning helped you accomplish things that perhaps you didn't even think possible in that 90 days. So I can't wait to hear about it. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hustle with Heart podcast. It's the first Monday of the month. So, you know, we have another incredible entrepreneur interview for you. And I am so excited for today's guests. Um, We found each other on social media. I want to give a shout out to She Works His Way, which if you are not following that social media account, you want to go do that. Um, But Jessica does some writing for them and she helps out with their narrow conference that's coming up in November and all the good things. She's going to be talking today obviously about her journey of pursuing success God's way, but really leaving space and margin for the Lord to work through the things that he needs us to work through. Um, But I'm not going to give too much away. Jessica, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I am so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's start with, tell us a little bit about you and your business story um, and how you've been kind of that journey of keeping God in the middle of it. Yeah. It's kind of crazy when you were just talking, I was like, when did I like have this entrepreneur spirit? You know, did I always have it? You know, cause some people are like, I always knew. Now my husband, you talked to my husband and he was selling like candy bars when he was like 16 and 15, right? Like he would buy those boxes. Do you remember the boxes? I don't know if I think you said they still have them where you'd sell and you get the candy bars, you have sell them for like a dollar or whatever. Like world's best candy or something. (laughs) Yeah he would like buy boxes and hire people to like sell the candy. Like he had this entrepreneur spirit in (laughs) high school. And 
here I am just trying to make it through high school, right? Like working part-time, almost full-time at the age of 16. And I couldn't do any sports after that besides indoor soccer because I was working all the time. And so for me, I, I started thinking, you know, when did I get that? And I would just remember working at Joanne's and it was, it was the only full-time job I had for eight years, which is just the Lord bless that. But I didn't know the Lord until I was about 22. So my whole life was kind of these questions of like, who is he? Who is God? What's going on? And I was the run in like the leader of my life, right? I was the one that was going to tell me what to do. That was going to make the decisions because I knew best and I knew all, right? And then I am still working at Joanne's and I'm, you know, I am progressing kind of as key holder to management and then one under my boss. And I started to gain this momentum of organization and leadership through working at Joanne's. And I started to then realize and come into fitness because I was always in sports, but it was when I saw Turbo Jam on infomercial. So this was probably what, 14 years ago when you saw like the infomercials of like Turbo Jam and uh, Shalene Johnson. And that's probably when I really first got this excitement about like fitness, which is now my, you know, ministry, my business, but it was kind of like, what do I want to do? I mean, I wasn't the girl that was like, boop, knew what I wanted to do. So if you're that person, please, it's okay. It will work itself out. I kept going and that's when I had met my direct marketing company. And I was like, look, I mean, I'm already doing this. Well, why not just do this? I was like, if I could just help one person and then it's been 11 years and then I'm an author and podcaster and it kind of just, they, it's like a tree that you build with one thing. And then the stems start to just come off of the other areas of your life that you start to realize that you're passionate about. But, you know, starting out at Joanne's working there, then, you know, starting to just get into fitness, it was these little steps one by one that led me into the entrepreneur that I am today. Uh, there's so much I want to unpack for that. First of all, I think it's Zechariah 410, right? Do not despise small steps. Mm. I love that you can see that you started to come into like this organizational leadership yeah. from this job at Joann's. Yeah. I love that you're, you were like, I don't really know, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and then you said something that I just want to open up a little bit further, which is, you know, that your fitness business is your ministry. And I think sometimes that as Christian ambitious women, we think, well, my business has to talk about God or my business has to be faith forward. And that's not true. So can you talk a little bit about how you see your business as ministry? And then how do you keep God at the forefront of that. Yeah. Well, let me take you. So when I, the year I met Jesus was the year I started my business was the year I bought my first house. So this all happened kind of at the age of 22. So even after finding Jesus, it wasn't like gung ho for me. I didn't get, you know, the, the, the clouds didn't part for me. I didn't have the doves. I didn't have this like evangelical spirit about me. I just kind of was like, all right, so I'm going to do the Christian checklist thing. I'm going to go to church every once in a while. I'm going to tithe every once in a while, you know, right? Like that's what we You're do. speaking my language. <laughs> so three years into my business, I'm still living full business, even though I know Jesus. And I was posting, you know, and again, this isn't against anybody that does this. Me personally, 
I was flexing photos all the time, sports bras, you know, the Nike short shorts. Um, and I hated wearing them working out because I, they were always riding up my, my butt. And I'm like, this isn't, why am I doing this? You know, they're just uncomfortable for me. And I wasn't staying true to really what God had called me to. And I remember that it was a slow transition for me. So I think a lot of people probably ask you like, how do I transition from business then into this mindset of ministry? Even if you're not faith forward, it's a heart posture and it's a heart intent. Like, how are you leading others through your pictures, through the words that you share? Because that was huge for me. And I'll never forget when I stopped posting like all the skin photos a woman had messaged me or just posted on my timeline about how she was so thankful because her husband follows my page. Now, I know a lot of people will be like, that's not your responsibility and, you know, to take care about what other people think. But for me, it was a wake up call in the fact that how I lead my flock, like the people that God has, has entrusted me with, how do I want to lead them? It might not be how you're called to lead them, but I want to make sure that I'm also protecting my flock, right? And so that was super important to me to be able to transition from business to ministry. And I would say even eight to nine years in, I had one foot in business and one foot in ministry. And if you're in the world's way and the kingdom's way, they're going to collide all the time. And you're going to feel miserable and frustrated and overwhelmed. And I did that for a long time. Mm. I'm like kind of speechless in what you're saying, because first of all, same here. Like I accepted Jesus in October, 2014. And I was like, okay, what's next? Right. Like it's a checklist. And my mentor whom I call the velvet hammer in my book was like, okay, this isn't a checklist. This isn't like a list of goals. Like, no, (laughs) it takes time. I love that. And I love this idea, it, it's not an idea. Like it's the truth of like, how am I leading my flock and that how we're showing up, I think right now is the perfect example of that in the world today. But you know, that you realize not only like, did that not feel good for you? Like, what am I portraying to others? And not in an inauthentic way, not in a filtered way, but in a, if I am the daughter of the most high King, like, how do I show up and lead people? Yeah. I think that was incredible. And, and to be aware of that, I think at such a young age, mm-hmm. that's, that's just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I think for me, I just, I hated, I don't want to say hated. That's a very strong word, but I disliked how I felt when mm-hmm. I saw photos like that mm-hmm. or when I saw what everybody else was eating. I listen, I felt like looking back, I'm like, man, I hated talking about food. Why did I talk about meal plans? Why did I try to be somebody I'm not? And I feel like so many of us do that, especially in the early years. She's doing a webinar, she's doing Instagram lives, she's doing all these reels, and we start trying to catch the flies, yes. you know, like will one be the one, right? That will take me to where she was. And that's huge because for me, it was, I was grasping, right? To try to catch whatever I could catch and hopefully it would stick. It's like throwing the spaghetti at the wall, runs down, you know? That's right. And it, it wouldn't stick. So for me, I knew what it was like on the other side. So I wanted to change the narrative in the fitness world. Mm, mm. And changing that narrative it's kind of, it probably might have felt maybe like an uphill battle because, Mm -hmm. 
you're pushing this rock uphill, right? Because you're sort of changing the way the world defines something. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah. yeah, for sure. Because I really struggled with body dysmorphia. And so I became a part of that, that realm of what we thought fitness should be the narratives. And once you come out of it, you realize the narratives that you believe. And so when you're in it and, you know, I help with so many women trying to lose weight, take care of their soul. It's like, they have all of these rules, restrictions. I call them religious duties because they don't realize that they have them when they're in that kind of culture and realm. And when I had to heal through that, the body dysmorphia and the fear of food, right? It's don't eat, don't eat gluten, don't eat dairy, don't eat grains, don't eat eggs, don't eat milk, drink milk. Like it's so overwhelming for anybody to think about, because if you eat any of those things, you're going to gain weight, hold weight, retain water. You know, it's, it feels impossible. And for me, I wanted to come in and just be like, you don't have to diet to lose weight. You don't have to name every food, good or bad. It's not immoral or moral. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, I want to sort of connect this to one of the themes that you really talk about. If you guys see me looking away, um, it's because I'm looking at my notes. Um, Leaving the space or creating the space to heal. So you just mentioned healing from that body dysmorphia. Yeah. Talk to us about, what it means to have left space to do that. Like, how did you create space to do that? Why was that important? And where was God in that? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the first chapters of my book, Face Off With Your Feelings, I mean, it's the first chapter, which is creating space, but something that was important for me to address in that chapter was how we view healing. And maybe it's not for everybody, but I use the example of when, Jesus is going to heal the man. His friends bring him down, you know, through the, through the roof. And I elaborate on this more, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, about how basically Jesus says like, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to get up and walk. And we can see when somebody gets up and physically walks, we can see that with all of our senses, we can touch them. We can see them. We could probably smell like all of our senses are ignited and we go, yes, that's the truth. That's good. But when we think about our sins are forgiven. We don't see that with our senses. We're not like, oh, that was a miracle because we can't see it, but we believe it right through grace, by grace, through faith. And I often think that we don't believe healing is good or good enough because it doesn't produce an external result, right? Why do I need to, why do I need to create space for healing if it doesn't produce this for me? Because we've been taught in the world, A plus B equals C, right? If I work hard, I can get a pay raise and then I'll be able to go on vacation. And the kingdom's way, which is healing, forgiveness, mercy, grace, kindness, goodness, is through that path of healing, which then changes our soul, right? Transforms us, which we don't see this enough, but changes our actions. And so we often think that healing is not worth it because we don't think it produces a result. Mm. Mm. That, so. That's that's big. That, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because you don't see it. And I think as we walk out this pursuit of success, you know, in business, in life, in health, et cetera, um, it's not often this tangible 
result that we can, like you said, that we can see and sense with all of our senses, you know, it's something so much bigger. It's, it's, um, and I, and I think we overlook the value of that healing or of those results. If it doesn't look the way the world defines it, if it doesn't fit into that box. Yeah. Well, because the world says how far and how fast can you go? Yes. And God says, how slow and steady will you go? Amen. And so for me, what going back kind of to your question of what I did, I had to learn to create space in the places that were overwhelming emotionally for me, that were causing me dis-ease in my body, which a lot of it was all emotional. It was mm-hmm. unforgiveness in my heart. It was anger. It was resentment. It was bitterness. It was jealousy. These are the things that we carry with us every single day in business, in our relationships, in health and fitness. And so whenever I say talk to somebody, I said, everybody, every healthy will look different for everybody. Mm. But for everybody to be healthy, they need to address their spirit, soul, and their body. Because each area is going to affect how you show up in business. You yeah. can't just ignore and try to just diet your way out or try to, to do your do to do your way out. Like you can't. You cannot add one more sticker to your planner and think it's going to be okay. And I talk about how we do these things to solve an internal problem and it just doesn't work. And it leaves us overwhelmed because we forget to put our stickers and we forget to draw. And, you know, like all these things that we think if we just add one more thing to our plate, then we'll feel better. And for me, I needed to be able to step back and go, I need to deal with the issues of my heart Mm because that will change how I show up in my day to day. And that's what's important the most. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that. Like God doesn't change circumstances. He changes people, right? He changes us. It, and I, and I love that you say it really is an issue of the heart. Where is our heart? Where are we storing our treasures? Where are we putting our identity? You know, all of that, those pieces that when we finally come to the end of ourselves and the only place we can look is up, it is then that we truly begin to heal, I believe, like you're talking about, and that we truly begin to understand what it means to be successful and and redefining those pieces for us. Um, One of the things that, that you just talked about in kind of defining those spaces or, or, um, you know, stepping back, what did stepping back look like for you? Mm -hmm. And how hard was that? Yeah. Well, I talk a lot about journaling in the book because it's really important to me, especially if you're not a writer, I get it. It's okay. I have, you know, steps and processes to help you through that. But for me, taking steps back personally was just recognizing and getting help with a trusted person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at the time it was my spiritual father where he would kind of rein me in and be like, what are you doing? The teaching me the Bible, biblical lens of what it means to heal. Because to me, trying to heal without Jesus is not the fullness of what we can experience in healing. Because mm. he is the healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, right? The healer. So he is the healer of my soul. Therefore, he provides the answer to all of the things of my flesh. Because, right, the spirit wars against the flesh and against flesh against the spirit, which is in Galatians. And Galatians also talks about what the flesh produces and what the spirit produces. And so I think for me, it was 
beginning to become aware of just what I was thinking. So something I often say is challenge the way you think and change to change the way you live. Mm -hmm. We have to get to a point where we begin to challenge the thoughts to come in. If I can get women to just start questioning their thoughts. I heard it. I heard somebody say it this way to doubt your doubts, Mm. you know, of getting to that point and being able to go, okay, I don't have to accept what's coming my way. And in the book, I talk about a five-step process to, you know, help work through the emotions in the moment and stuff. But for me, it was having advice, counsel from somebody that wasn't involved in the situation, uh, journaling and being willing to challenge the thoughts that I think, and then moving forward from there. But just starting with the awareness, like I'm so stressed. I wear busy as a badge of honor. Like Mm -hmm. what are you trying to add to your plate to make yourself feel better. Mm. And that's, I was doing everything. I was like, what more can I do? What title can I reach for? You know, which really was just something that I needed to fill for myself so that I could prove to the people that didn't think I could do it, that I could. That's why I was doing that. That's why I was chasing things. But in the moment of the chase, I didn't realize I was doing that until I actually slowed down to go, I'm exhausted. Mm. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Oh, these are this is so good. Ah! Um, I want to step back for just a second too and talk about, you've mentioned, and I want to talk about your book before we stop, before we finish up. Um, but you've mentioned like you have these resources and et cetera. So how do you have multiple businesses, if you will, and keep God at the center of all of that? Mm. The scripture that I- has really come to my mind lately, especially reading through the prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then through Psalm and through Proverbs. It's kind of where I parked for the last how many months because I'm just reading the New Testament or the Old Testament in order. And I realized that those who labor in vain, if the, if the Lord doesn't build it, they labor in vain. And I've learned over 11 years, which I'm sure you know this too, is that when you try to build it and climb a mountain that you're not asked to climb, Mm. it feels heavy and it feels impossible and you're exhausted. And I'm not saying, here's the difference. I'm not saying that the good, like your good call, the thing that you know you're supposed to do isn't going to be hard and won't make you tired. But there is a different kind of tired and exhausted when you are pursuing that thing that God did not ask you to do. Mm. You won't have the energy for it. You won't have the grace for it. You'll feel like you're just forcing yourself to do it. That's when I knew for me, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, Even posting on Instagram, the smallest thing, I'll try to, I'll find myself trying to force a post and that post always does terrible, right? I mean, it's the smallest things, but it's even in those small things is like, I didn't ask you to post today. Why are you posting? Mm. And so that for me, even if you can relate to that on the smallest level, and I'm sure somebody out there, I know feels that, right? They're like, I don't have anything to post today. Oh my gosh, I need a post. And then you start scrambling through to try to find a graphic and a post and all the things you post it. And then you're disappointed after you post it because it didn't do what you thought it was going to do. And so that's the smallest detail of just, again, paying attention to what I'm giving my energy, my time to, and my heart to, yeah. so that I can basically rebring, bring, like get it back in. Because when I, when I was mentioning the prophets like Ezekiel and Jeremiah, we see the fall of Jerusalem and Judah 
basically in the hands of the people. Like God did not want this. He gave them a thing like 11 years of just, will you repent? I'm sending these prophets. Do you hear what I am saying? I do not want to do this. I don't want people to die, but it was their choice to be, you know, idolizing other people in the temple and like, what are, it's, we do this to ourselves. And so I'm like hyper aware of these things that I'm doing to myself, right? Not that God, God's not punishing me. It's my, my choices that lead me down this path. And he's That's good right. to correct me and guide me. But for me, that was huge of just, where's my heart going? What am I giving my attention to? Is this a mountain? The Lord asked me to climb. Mm-hmm. Does this feel heavy? Just again, I'm a question asker. So the more questions I ask myself, the deeper I can go. So I always ask my clients the same thing, like questions, getting to that deeper issue. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, uh, that's so powerful. And I think what was coming up for me as you were saying that and talking about, you know, did God ask you to climb this mountain? Like just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Right. For sure. And as the, in that heaviness, and I know because I feel it, I know there are people listening who are like, oh, I know what that heaviness feels like Mm -hmm. because what we create outside of his will, we have to maintain outside of his will. And I've been there trying to maintain, scrambling to maintain when he has clearly told me to do something different Yeah, and to be aware. And I think that awareness, Jessica, starts with like getting to know the Lord, like getting to know his character and getting to know how much he loves us and, and how forgiving he is and that yes, he will discipline us, but he also will redeem, you know, the bad decisions that we make. And we can't be fully aware unless we are, like you said, in some way stopping to, to capture those thoughts, whether it's journaling, whether you're doing it written writing or audio or whatever. And it doesn't have to be, you know, hours upon hours on end, but taking, allowing that space allowing that space to let him do what only he can do. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, so I talk about balance in the book and how oftentimes we want balance in life, but there's actually issues of why we want the balance. So I go deeper and I'm not going to give them all out, but one of the things, one of the examples I use, cause I, I'm not a mom, but I often think of my moms and is, you know, your kid comes home and they're like, oh, I have a bake sale tomorrow, right? And they tell you about how Susie's mom makes all these amazing home-baked cookies. So you go, right, out of a guilty conscience and go, I need to be doing home-baked cookies because Susie's mom does. Mm. Did the Lord, are you a baker? Like, did right. the, like, what are you doing, right? And so you go, you start baking, you start doing all these things, you're exhausted, you don't have time for this versus just going down to your local bakery and picking up something and for your kid to go. That's just one example. Like, did the Lord ask you to climb the mountain of being this baker? Because the reason why you're doing it is not for your child at that point. That's right. You're doing it because you feel the pressure of the other mom. And then you think you're not a good mom because you're not the baker that she is. That's right. And so that's just one example that maybe some of your moms can relate to of, Mm. didn't the Lord ask you to climb the mountain of being a baker and proving yourself here? Or are you doing that for yourself? Mm. That's so good. And are you doing it for him? Like, is it honoring him? No, he didn't ask you to do it. Yeah. 
go buy the stinking cookies in a box. Yeah. He's probably <laughs> like, Hey, listen, you got a busy, like you're doing all these things for me. It's okay. Like you can right. go buy something, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Before we finish up, I want to hear about your book. So tell us about, I know you've alluded to it a little bit, but yeah. um, when's it coming out and all the good things about it? Yeah, it's coming out at the end of this month as you're listening to it. And the thing I'm the title of it, let's just say the title, Face Off with Your Feelings, Break Up with the Lies of Your Past and Embrace the Truth for Your Future. Mm. So I, you know, one of my good friends, I the title took a really long time. I actually wrote, I've been writing this book since 2019, and it's been through four rewrites. And it's the longest it took me for the title. And so at first I was like, Oh, are people going to like the title? Even with my friend, she was like, people are going to like it. And I questioned, not questioned her, but I was like, are you sure? You know? And now every time I talk to somebody, they're like, I love the title of your book. I'm like, okay. Cause that's like my personality. Like let's face off with your feelings so you can break up with them, you that's know? Right. Um, and so this book is really for anybody that wants a training guide for how to begin your emotional healing process, mm. because I have renewing your mind. You know, if you've ever heard that, how do I renew my mind? What do I do? I actually talk about emotions, feelings, the difference of them, how to renew your mind, how your brain changes, like all of these different things and a lot of practical steps of what you can do to actually begin to even help you memorize scripture uh, and things like that. But it's really about when our soul is well, we can be well. Oh yeah. So good. And where will it be? Will it be on Amazon or? It will be on Amazon and you can just go to jessicahuddle.com as well. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes for sure. For sure. So Jessica, the last question that I have for you that I ask all my guests is if you could summarize your hustle with heart journey, this, you know, pursuit of success, God's way in one word, what would it be? Well, I have to do two because the two words <laughs> that fine. it's slow and steady. Those slow are the two words that I've had, I've heard for the last two to three years and I, my flesh hates it every time. Cause I'm like, I'm not doing it. Not that I'm not doing anything, but it seems like the work I'm doing isn't producing a result. Yeah. And it is in those seasons, you know, uh, Jennifer Dukes Lee, she, she's a, you know, she works on a farm and she always talks about this idea of growing slow mm. and the seasons, just because in the winter, you don't see the blossoms doesn't mean right. that it's not being nurtured and that spring is coming. And so for me, I said, remember like the seeds that you plant now, will reap a harvest in the future of some kind. Just because the seeds you plant doesn't mean the heart is the same harvest you'll, you will reap. But that those two words for me have just been so important, slow and steady. Mm, slow and steady. Awesome. Jessica, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast and just sharing your heart and sharing you know, personally about your healing journey. And I know that this is going to touch so many people that listen. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the Hustle with Heart podcast. I pray it brings you value as you build a business with God as your most powerful business partner. Listen, I get so excited about your shout outs to the podcast on social media. So when you shout out, please tag me. You can follow me on Facebook as the Hustle with Heart coach and on Instagram as Aaron Harrigan Entrepreneur. For all things Hustle with Heart, visit AaronHarrigan.com and pick up your free copy of chapter one of my book, Pursuing Success God's Way, a practical guide to hustle with heart. I'm praying for you, friend, that you'll experience the joy of pursuing success God's way in your business and that it will produce much fruit and impact His kingdom in greater ways than you could ever imagine. 